Holly G with the Golf Insiders. And for today's edition of For Your Game, it's always great when we hit the major championships to spend a little time with the number one sports psychologist in golf, Dr. Bob Winters from the David Ledbetter Academy here in Orlando. Hello, Dr. Bob. Holly G, it's Masters Week. You know, great to be with you. It sure is, and my goodness, uh, we're one one round into uh, our favorite uh, championship of the year, at least my favorite major of the year. And you know, you guys, you see these guys grinding, and you know, just the expressions on their faces, and you know, the good decisions, the bad decisions, the smoke is coming out of their ears, Doctor Bob. I can't think of any. A tournament like the Masters that challenges these guys mentally as much as the Masters? Well, there's so much at stake, Holly. Everybody wants to actually have their name, you know, on the wall. Everybody wants to hoist, you know, the Masters trophy, but they want to actually have the green jacket put on their shoulders. So they're looking for a place in history. And this tournament is unlike any other. The tradition the drama is already there. It's already built in. So uh, one of the things I thought was really interesting about this week is that the conditions of the greens, they are absolutely superb, but when you see them, they look olive or they look brown. And I know that they've cut them to an eighth of an inch. Now let's think about that. That's an eighth of an inch. The first collar, the frog hair, is cut to a quarter of an inch. And, you know, up around the greens, it's about, you know, maybe uh, about a half an inch, you know, where they really sort of talk about, you know, sort of the tight areas. But those areas are even tight right there as well. So early in the week, a lot of players were commenting how fast and firm and almost brown these greens were. And Rory McIlroy, I think it's a funny story, was talking and playing a practice round with Fred Couples, with Boom Boom. And he looks at Fred, he says, Fred, have you ever seen these greens this crusty, this firm, and this sort of brown, you know, on a Wednesday? And he asked him that five times. And Fred was talking to the media, he goes, Rory kept asking me, and I told him repeatedly, Rory, five times in a row, no. I haven't seen them this crusty. So that's really what we know we've had so far. We've had, you know, really firm greens. We've had players really sort of, you know, playing more in a defensive mode. We've had players trying to actually outwit, outsmart the golf course. And Alistair McKenzie and Clifford Roberts and Bobby Jones, all of them, you know, have actually created sort of this unbelievable masterpiece where every day, every situation is different. And the big bombers are having problems. You know, the shot makers who we thought would be the usual suspects are having trouble. And there's a few people uh, that are having some unbelievable success. So it's, it's a, a great tournament on so many different levels. So talk a little bit about you know, course management, uh, Dr. Bob, because one of the things you hear the players talk about a lot, even even when it comes to putting, you know, you saw it uh, yesterday where, you know, these guys, I mean, they've got knee knockers, you know, in that three to six foot range because they know they could end up with a putt, you know, equal or longer coming back. 
you know, you, you don't see the undulations of some of these greens and how, you know, how far you can fall off the cliff really quickly, um, you know, even to the point of putting off the green and then, you know, trickling into a hazard. I mean, that's how well, quick it can get out there. Well, people don't realize how fast these greens can be. And I remember years ago, a young Paul Stankowski, that's a blast from the past, that name. He had never been to the Masters before. And so he said in his preparation, he went to his garage and was putting on the concrete floor just to get an idea of the rollout of the ball. Because that's what happens. And it isn't just that the greens are cut down so small here. Believable how sloping they are. That's, that's a really big thing here on this golf course. The slope, how, you know, uh, how much it is, how much it breaks. And when you talk about a two or three foot putt, if this putt gets away from you, all right, it can actually go five, six, seven feet, you know, by the hole. So you've got to be very, very almost defensive in your putting philosophy. And that's why we're always looking for to get putts going up the hill or actually going into, you know, the slope. So the physics, the law of gravity is working more for you than against you. I know, you know, you are, you are often called Dr. Putt. It's uh, an area of the game that you specialize in. At Augusta, you see a lot of players opt to use their putter in places where, you know, you would think they would normally chip. Uh, when should the putter be your go-to play, Dr. Bob? Well, I think it was something that uh, Arnold Palmer told Jack Nicholas years ago, and I think it was at Augusta. And he said, Jack, why are you even pitching or using a sand club or any type of high lofted club? He goes, the safest and most dependable club is that Texas wedge, is that putter from off the green. Now, when the greens are shaved pretty tight like they are at Augusta, you can actually putt. And your putter is probably the very best option. And, you know, Gary Player even says, you know, if you're going to, you know, putt for dough or play for dough, you want to keep it low, and the putter is probably as low as you can go as far as keeping the ball close to the surface. So I think a lot of times, you know, for players, uh, when you have really tight lies, and so let's start talking about the average golfer. When an average golfer starts getting around, you know, these tight lies around these greens, a lot of mounding, what happens more than anything is that they actually uh, – start to create, you know, sort of flinching. They start hitting sort of these, you know, chipping yips or whatever. So it's pretty crazy, you know, to say, hey, you know, these guys, you know, are, are doing some unbelievable things, you know, with the putters, with their wedges. So I think for the average player, you know, when you can putt, putt. When you can chip, chip. But very rarely do you need to be taking that 58, 60 degree out for some of these shots. Let's talk about trouble shots. We saw a bunch of them yesterday, and, uh, you know, it was interesting. In one situation, Bubba hit over the green. I think it was on 13. He was in the, you know, he was in the azaleas. Of course, he's a lefty, but he took out, I believe it was a, a hybrid, and, and used that for his uh, not-so-Texas uh, wedge wedge. 
Well, I think you can actually use, you know, the hybrid. Uh, it has maybe, you know, 16, 17, 18 degrees of loft. You grip down on it, and you sort of make sort of what I call a putt chip. You use sort of a putting grip. You get down almost to the graphite or to the metal, and you just make a putting stroke with it. And what it does, it lifts the ball out of its initial, Im, you know, impression or where it's sitting, and it gets it up over the treble, but it also rolls out like a putt. And, in fact, the great chippers, the pitchers of the game, that's really what they want. When they actually pitch a shot, they want the ball to roll out at the hole almost like a putt with having a very soft and very slow delivery speed just getting to the hole and falling in. Uh, very rarely you know, can a good amateur put the spin and use sort of like that little duck, you know, where how the, you know, it sits down really quick. We talk about that being like a flying duck shot where it actually comes in nice and low. It grips, it spins, it grows teeth, and you see it get right there. A lot of amateurs don't have that shot. But what a lot of amateurs should have is a shot that sort of, you know, hits and it rolls and it rolls out, but it rolls like a putt. Jordan Spieth on number nine yesterday, flails one right into the trees. It's a downhill, uh, you know, par four. He chooses to hit it through the trees when there was a very large tree right in his line of sight. And sure enough, he smacks the middle of the tree. He was lucky it didn't go, uh, you know, uh, out of sight into the azalea bushes behind him. He got, you know, lucky and had a, a, another way out. But he made, you know, he made kind of a mess of that hole when he seemed to could it just easily, you know, pitch it out and, you know, get on in three and get yourself a par. Well, I think this is really where, you know, the recreational golfer, not the touring professional, needs to actually be smart versus being aggressive. You know, when you're a touring professional, you can do a lot of different things with the ball. And sometimes, and more often than not, they make reckless and bold decisions. Why? Because they have super confidence in their ability and that they've actually been in that situation before and think they can get away with it. And sometimes they do not. George Spieth and a lot of other professionals yesterday, they actually played boldly. And so everybody wants to hitch up their pants like the King Arnold Palmer and go for broke. And I see a lot of amateurs do that. They say, well, what would Arnie do? Right. Well, and Arnie tells me, and I remember you know, doing my book, Mistake Free Golf, Arnie said to me that some of his mistakes were that he sometimes almost played too boldly. But, you know, by playing boldly, uh, put him in a position to win. But he said that's really why, you know, we actually called it go for broke. I mean, you either go big or you go home broke. And, uh, and I think that's really what a lot of amateurs should do. Remember, the name of the game is to save strokes, not waste strokes. So instead of trying to hit that hero shot like an Arnold Palmer or a Phil Mickelson flop wedge or even being, you know, sort of hit and hope like, you know, Jordan Spieth has done a couple of times here in the past couple of weeks, it's better to just get the safe shot the high percentage shot, get yourself back in a position where you can handle the next shot so that you can actually make the lowest score possible. Because, yes, it feels great to hit that one out of eight shot out of the woods, 
but it's also a lot better to record a 5 on a card rather than it is a 7 or an 8. You can always live with a bogey, but it's hard to recover from a triple or a quad. Especially in a major and especially at Augusta. Uh, many people will remember Zach Johnson's win uh, for the Green Jacket in which he laid up on all the par 5s. And, you know, that's another part of playing Augusta, Dr. Bob, is... You know, the, the par fives are everything. Those are the scoring holes. And if you come out even par, you've given several strokes back to the field. So, you know, there's a place, again, where sometimes laying up, not a bad thing. What is your well, thought? Well, that's true. Well, I mean, I have to go back to 1985, and I had actually uh, – talked and worked a little bit with Bernhard Longer before he went on to win that championship, but Curtis Strange hit in the water both times, uh, Ray's Creek on 13 and 15, in order to sac- actually let you know Bernhard win the tournament, and Curtis Strange went for the green both times, so Zach Johnson laid up on a lot of those par fives, and his strength is his wedge game, much like Jordan Spieth. His strength is his wedge game, and he's a very streaky putter. So you always want to play those strengths. And I think Ken Venturi, the great CBS analyst and commentator and major champion himself, he said, when you go for the greens at 13 and 15, those are risk-reward holes. When you actually go for the green, you entertain a 6 or a 7. When you actually hit it short, you may not be entertaining a 3, you may be entertaining a four, but you're certainly going to guarantee yourself a five. So sometimes it's, it's very prudent and a high percentage to not really flex your wrist muscle, but play the smart shot that gives you a chance to you know, make the lowest score possible. And again, I'll say it again. I said it before a couple of minutes ago. The name of the game is to save strokes, not waste strokes. And we do that, you know, Long before we step into the ball to hit the shot, we make it with clear decision-making, strategic planning, good self and course management. And that's where all of the recreational golfers that are listening to this program can really benefit from. Do not ever hit a shot that you know you don't know how to hit. I mean, that, that's one of the golden rules, and I always have 80% rule for my players. If you can't hit this shot 80% of the time, then you need to actually, you know, choose a different club or get a different shot because that isn't a high enough percentage. Okay, that's only four out of five times, you know, I can do this every time. But if you can't do it four out of five times, you need to get a different, safer shot. All right, Dr. Bob. Well, uh, good words of advice, and we'll leave it there. And how do my listeners get in touch with you to help them improve the mental side of their game. Well, it's pretty simple. They can go to drbobwinters.com. That's drbobwinters.com. And they go there. They got my contact information. They can reach me there. You could also go out to, you know, ledbetter.com and reach me at the David Ledbetter World Teaching Headquarters here at Champions Gate. So either way, you can get a hold of Dr. Bob Winters. And I always remind, you know, my students, the moment you change your mind, you change your game. It's great to be on with you today, Holly. Thank you, Dr. Bob, and we'll speak soon. Hit them straight.